0: Welcome to the Exhaust Notes Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. I am your host today, and today I get to find out what it's like to go to your first ever Formula One race from two people I'm lucky enough to call friends. Whether you're a lifelong fan of Formula One or just joining the fun thanks to Netflix's Drive to Survive... Or maybe you're just curious about what it's like to go to a race with over 140,000 other fans. You're in the right place. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Exhaust Notes Podcast. Hey, what's good, everyone? Welcome to the Exhaust Notes Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall, and I am here today with uh, my good friend Aaron Nojima and my brother Ash Lewin to talk about Formula One in Austin. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to make the first, uh, the inaugural trip to Formula One. I still haven't made it to a Formula One race, but... If you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, you know it's a it's a big deal for all of us that are kind of connected to this here community. So uh, just want to introduce Aaron and Ash and uh, talk about their experience at Austin this year. So what's good, guys? How you guys doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me uh, on the pod and to talk about uh, F1 and uh, F1 in the U.S.
2: Yeah, doing good. Good to see you guys. Always uh, happy to chat about this stuff
0: yeah so we we uh the three of us I would say have been going to races for pretty close to twenty years now. I don't know when the first one was, I think it was probably like two thousand two maybe two thousand two at at uh sears point pre infinian days, but it's not what is it called now it's called something different again it
2: goes back to bandomere actually goes back to bandomer drag races in high school so. well yeah, for you and I yeah, yeah. but
0: I was thinking like air, yeah. like we went to we started going to American Le Mans at, at you know two thousand one two thousand two right? Oh, it
2: was 2000s, so. yeah two thousand two I think yeah
1: yeah over two thousands for sure and same thing I mean Sacramento ra- Raceway for Wednesday night drags and before we learned that a straight line is not the best line <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, going seeing, yeah actual actual road racing and whatnot so yeah, yeah man um
0: so I guess like. Before we talk about Austin specifically, Formula One in the last, like, I don't know, like, I feel like the last three to four years has just blown up in the US. And the craziest part about it is it's like people that I don't think are as into cars as maybe the three of us are, but I think that's actually even cooler, right? Because it's, it's becoming like something bigger than cars, right? It's becoming, you know it's like the Netflix specials and and all this stuff that are kind of compounding the interest level to where you start having all these like crazy celebrities show up and just massive amounts of people that you don't expect. And to me, I just think it's always good to have more people interested because it brings more opportunity for people to like, you know, find a way to do something like that, do something that they love, you know, the more popular something is more opportunity, but, um, I think I can't remember the numbers but I think I texted you guys and it was like 140,000 people in Austin or something like that over the weekend.
1: Yeah, so it yeah, was um over the weekend, right? Yeah, it was 120 on uh Friday, 140 on Saturday, and then 140 plus on on race day. I think it was were the numbers that were uh, mentioned, so I believe it's one of the largest events um pre-covid or post-covid best way to put it um and not just in the United States but i think in the world um so it's pretty crazy to think that was part of that yeah
0: that's nuts
2: yeah i actually i think uh sam collins was saying that on the on f1 tv he was talking about how it they were thinking it was like the the all-time record for attendance but there's some other uh some of the race in europe that had done it like back in the say, like 70s i think but it was definitely like what he, he agreed. It was like the, the biggest turnout in like the modern era. So. Wow. That's nuts. Pretty wild. Yeah. And I think to what you said, Nick, like it's, <clears throat> it's definitely. I don't know, so much of it is due to drive to survive on Netflix. And we had a, we had a guy that we ran into there that was kind of one of the like OG guys who said he'd been going since like the seventies and going to a lot of different races. And he kind of asked us if it was drive to survive that. You know they got us into it and we're like well not exactly but it. you do ha- i have to admit like it it renewed my like i felt more connected to it for sure so it renewed my interest in it because i think once we went into sports cars that was the whole thing is that it was something i could uh i could be closer to the story and yeah i think now with driver survive it's like now whether you're into cars or not or whether it you know it sparks that in people to just be into motorsports it it's all about those stories and getting closer to the uh the characters so to speak
1: yeah and i think so much of it um like i said it's like especially for us because you know i think we're all honda fanboys and that's what we started out with and then them being in the sport back then in the 2000s you know and having such a long history and lineage in racing especially in formula one and then um them obviously um having the uprise in the past few years along with drivers five, has a definitely boosted um you know like it's not and it's it's not to say that i wasn't interested in formula one for that but then um having other people that you didn't think would be interested to talk to you about definitely helps this ju- situation um and you know it's yeah we all know sort of the drama and stuff is me- messed up <laughs> like obviously uh and there's definitely characters on there that play it up and whatnot but you know that's the type of stuff that it's it's the love hate of it right it's like oh, okay it's it's like fast and Furious. it's like oh, okay that's not a true um representation of the scene but it's going to get more people excited talking about it getting them into it and hopefully they're in it for the long run and, and you know learn more and get passionate so you're about
0: saying it. that you didn't steal dvd players in your civic with neon lights under it and drive under Tr- truck trailers while you were a uh, younger adult.
1: I mean, my, my civic was pretty low. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would be a bit under the thing, but uh, no, no stolen DVDs and no neons in that, in that vehicle. <laughs> at least that, at least that one. It is kind of
0: crazy. Cause I was thinking about like just the three of us, you know, being roommates back in the day and watching, you know, Jensen button and, and the bar team and, all of those like I, you know to to the drive to survive influence like of course it it influences our relationships with other people, you know i mean can my girlfriend Kim you know is is you know fully invested in in formula One at this point and waking up early to watch the races and that would have never happened without getting to know the characters behind it. Right. Because it's kind of like football, right. American football is, is impossible to actually like know who's behind a, 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 you know, helmet and a mask compared to basketball or baseball or something. Right. And with formula one, if you watch, you get to see the, 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 the drivers and the team and all of that stuff. But if you're, if you're not introduced to all of the nuances of all those teams or the relationship that exists between all those teams, you know, like all these guys play in the same sport that is 20 teams. Right. So like, it's not even, you know, it's, it's more tight knit than any other sport in the world, in my opinion, because all these guys travel the world essentially with each other, regardless of, you know, what team they're on this year, they're going to be out there racing, you know, of them are going to be out there racing or a part of our team next year and still see the same people and the same, you know, characters, but just maybe wearing a different, you know, sponsor. And I think that part is really kind of highlighted by drive to survive, but like even just seeing like the Schumacher, you know, Netflix movie come out and like those types of things just would not have happened, you know. 10, 20 years ago, because you just didn't have enough people with interest in the sport on a global scale, especially here in the U S right? Like it was, it was still super popular and is arguably one of the most popular sports globally, but I think in the U S having Netflix be like the, the window into even the dramatized version of, of racing is a window that most people didn't even know existed prior to, you know, it being on Netflix and. It's interesting cuz I I also think to Aaron's point about you know being Honda fans and driving Hondas back then, you know, I guess pre you know 2008, right? Because the financial crisis hits and you know Honda bails on Formula 1. So we didn't really we didn't really stop going to races, we just we stopped watching F1 because we didn't have a Honda like a a team that we felt connected to the
2: way we did when honda was on the you know right because remember we were following honda and Acura yeah. in accurate sports car i mean they were they were in in that in that way and in, in a touring car and all that yep. so it was like again it was like we were connect the connection to us and our love of honda and imports was like it was like we could go to the tracks and we could be not just track side, but we could be in the paddock we could go to the grid we could get signatures from these drivers we could talk to them about their cars and it was all the way from like the guys that worked their way up on a challenge who made it to touring car who could get a seat in a gt car like it you'd see that you get to see that journey unfold and i think that like the new this i think the interest would have been there back in the day but it's the new media right we have these new outlets and the new because it, it the same thing that's going on for formula one right now and I'm, i don't follow nascar we never have and it never felt like for a while we didn't understand like why was it so popular? And it felt like it didn't need that kind of coverage, but I'm sure to some extent there was that connection that, I mean, I knew people that liked it and they loved following their yeah. driver. And I'm sure any, any kind of platform like this on Netflix would help any sport really it would grow it. And so it's just, it's probably, uh, you know, hats off to the new ownership, like over the past, you know, several years that have kind of, uh, made this happen
1: yeah and the new ownership definitely is um being american-based also probably helps yeah um yeah. and but just talking about netflix and i think a big part especially sports in america because like you were talking about racing as a sport um is it's that connection right like uh, in america like people have to be connected to a sports team or a player and then they get invested in it i mean uh, as much as i like i think like football is by far the most dominant American football is the most dominant sport in America. And I I really believe like 50% of people are in it because they play fantasy football because they're they're like emotionally and financially invested into it um, because they don't necessarily care about. And that's sort of like just sports in general. There's, there's of course, a a lot of us who are just, you know, diehard fans of a particular team, but now as as we grow older and technology and and the world changes um, a lot of people are more invested in, in individuals and personalities. And so like with Drive to Survive, it, it gave us that that people like are invested in like a team or a driver, like, um, you know, which I'm happy to see because, you know, if, if you guys know, like Kimi Räikkönen, you know, unfortunately is retiring this year now, but he's been one of my favorite drivers for a long time. But it was like his personality because, you know, we joke around that he and I have very similar um you know, ways of speaking and uh, senses of humor and things like that. Um, but then that's why, you know, I was invested in him and just, you know, following his career. And regardless of what team he went to, I was still was going to root for him. And in Formula One, just uh, with drivers to the many documentaries and, and just stuff like that. I think people could get behind a team or a, a specific driver and be excited about that. Aaron, I just want to see you make a drunk tumble down the yacht. <laughs> That's
2: what I want to see. And that will that will complete. I mean, I'll be okay with Kimi not being around anymore
1: if I can see that. And if if he would hire me just to be a stand-in or something. Well, you know, if we get sponsors I'd, for this that,
0: podcast and end up going to Monaco to cover a race, then, you know,
1: that'll be that'll be on the bucket list. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do it for the Red Bulls. I'll just get drunk off Red Bulls and do it for a sponsorship. From <laughs> yeah. a little dizzy yeah well it is funny
0: because like the the specific drivers obviously you know once you get into once you start paying attention like i've been watching a little bit more nascar in the last year or two basically because of specific drivers you know and it's like oh you know i'll learn something about somebody and think oh that's kind of interesting and then you know just pay attention i'm not following it like You know every every race or anything but i'm checking in on it to see how things go in a way that i never really did before with social media too like you know having access to all these teams you get to play up the characters even more and i think you know specifically in austin right you see that with like daniel ricardo right you know here's a guy who is you know probably the the class clown if you could could label a class clown of all the drivers right now and he's essentially you know just always happy fun you know to be around right and him getting to you know i think what i I don't remember when the bet was do you remember when the bet between him and
1: zach brown it might have been when he signed um, I know no, it was, it was the, the thing was actually just to get a podium. It wasn't even to, to win yeah. is if he got a podium, you'd get that opportunity.
0: Yeah. So basically he, he, they had a bet. If he got a podium, Zach Brown, who's, uh, you know, essentially head of McLaren gets a tattoo of the track that the podium happens. And Daniel Ricardo gets to drive Zach Brown's. Uh he owns the Richard, no, the Dale Earnhardt uh NASCAR, the Wrangler NASCAR from 86 or whatever it is. And Ricardo gets to do laps around around Austin in that car from that bet. I mean, that's the type of stuff I think when you re- when you realize how kind of normal they are. As opposed to they're like the gods of racing or the gods of you know formula one or whatever and you just get to see that normal kind of fun stuff it just makes you want to pay more attention right it makes me want to follow them on social media it makes me want to like care about what they do off the track in a way that i never really ever thought of with any other drivers
2: yeah and that i think that's that's the success of it though really like it's not that you know you we look at the way like athletes have changed in the spotlight, right? To be authentic and down to earth, and and really just kind of we get to see their personalities in a way that you know you can't really compare to previous generations because they were always on the screen in a certain way, and we had expectations for them to be that way. And once that once that like that filter on that lens came down, we get to see them more in that just being themselves, and then we connect more because then we have more it really it just feels like there's more access to them right it's more accessible and i think that's what's really cool is like not only are we finding out that it's like yes we can because we can really have access to anything but we identify with it more than anything because if you if we like if they took down and we saw behind the curtain and they all acted like royalty all the time we'd just be like well forget that like i don't i don't have anything in common with these people but when you start to realize that they're just they're driven and passionate competitive and they love to have a good time and they like to prank each other and like the teams like there's rivalries and there's allies and friends and they they grow up through this together you know it's it's like they're just very human which is super cool and it it definitely takes it to another level
1: and ricardo's like the perfect like face or it's for f1 and he has been for a while even when he's coming up to red bull you know his personality his smile being australian like he was always the the funny you know you could look up youtube compilations of him and his funniest moments and interviews and the stuff he does right and yeah sometimes it seems like it's a little overboard but i think that's just him and it's also um i think that i forget there was a thing but the mclaren team is you know the most pop technically the most popular team i think and it's because of the social media presence because they show him and lando um you know like one driver really young real you know great driver which is lando and he has his personality and especially coming from the uk where you know f1 is really based um he has that huge fan base and ricardo just you know he just has the personality that lights up the room um that people you know just can't help to gravitate towards, right like like everything he did in Austin from growing out, you know, his his beard and mustache to, to driving NASCAR. And even just talking about I actually just watched the um, the McLaren YouTube where they, you know, they actually had Buffalo bill fans and they took them for a whole week to give them F one experience to try to make them F one fans. And, you know, like, of course it was McLaren team that did that. And, and like uh, Ricardo um, and I, in terms of salary, like um, I believe, he's making 15 million and Lando's making 5 million, but everyone, but you know, they're like, well, Lando's the, technically the better driver this year, especially. Right. But then what Daniel Ricciardo brings to them, PR wise is yeah. The value, yeah the, the value uh, you can't, you know, I, I'm sure they can, but then, you know, like you really can't figure out the value of that because um just from Austin being the, how big it was and his presence. Um, and you know, like, Obviously he wasn't we all know like for Staff and one, Lewis got second, blah blah blah. But then people were talking about what Ricardo did and the stuff, you know, what happened, you know, besides of course uh, the winning. But you know, like that that's how they they helped win that as well as, you know, make the money. Because that's that's really what it was, right? Before Formula One, it was like the uppity it's the echelon of sports, right? But it's like like you said, it's Monaco, it's guys in million dollar boats, billion dollar companies. And even just the the changes in the roles for the next few years and things like that, you know, they're trying to make it more for the common folk, I guess, to get into it and, and be involved or, you know, like I said, feel connected to them, even though it's like, say, it's the t- 20 top drivers in the entire world.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting aspect of it, too, because, I mean, I think back to like, you know, maybe the first, the first years that we were like, seriously paying attention, you know, like, probably... I don't know, 99, 2000, 2001 up until like 06 or whatever it was pretty heavy into it. Right. We watched almost every race that we could, you know, aside from stuff that was on in the middle of the night, because everything was, you know, or the tape delayed once, once stuff was tape delayed and we could watch it, you know, but none of that stuff was even on YouTube. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't go find it afterwards. There was no formula one app to even see what happened. If you missed it, you missed it. You missed it. And you could read about it on ESPN, but like There wasn't a whole lot, you know, like you just didn't have access to it. And even some of the drivers back then, you know, like we've kind of talked about Max and Lewis, but, you know, I just don't know how, like someone even like Michael Schumacher, you know, would have been looked at in the modern era of the way fans have access, because that's a really kind of interesting piece to becoming a great athlete now is like your personality, you know, and your your the stuff that you do outside of your sport in a sense. And you know, to to you know, the Max and Lewis conversation, right? I feel like, you know, actually let's let's go back even a little bit further. It's Randy Pope's, right? It's Randy Pope's after every race and he lists off 15 different sponsors. He's the perfect person to drive any car on the planet because He's so polished on camera after the race and everybody wants to sponsor him because he literally is just like, I just want to thank so-and-so for the, you know, the, the, the oil, so-and-so for the tires, so-and-so for the filter, so-and-so for the paint, so-and-so for the sunroof plug, you know, like he was just so good at it that like, we just, we knew him of of, above all the other drivers in, in touring car, or even in in most sports car racing that we were watching. And now we're getting to this point where it's even more important, right? Where all those clips turn into, you know, people becoming fans for, you know, much longer period of time and bigger spending and all that stuff. But, um, I guess like for you guys being at the track, how did it feel differently compared to, you know, other racing that you've been to? Cause obviously, I mean, just the number of people is astonishing to me. I, I can't really wrap my head around it. I've only been to you know, circuit of the Americas for, you know, world endurance challenge. And there was a lot of people there, but there was not hundreds of thousands there.
2: Well, I would, I would say that like, I mean, never had that experience at our actual track, but we went to long beach for all those years and it's very close to that number, I would actually think that there could be even more than that on a Saturday and Sunday at a city circuit, just because like, especially long beach there's a hundred thousand people there that aren't even going to watch the race they're just there yes. for the party so there's it's such a big party that i would imagine that there's that but like yeah it it definitely added to it to see you could to actually hear that many people in the stands was super cool i mean i, I think that attitude and almost like i think where from where we were at like we like reali realizing that you don't have the full You know, omnipotent view of like watching on TV. It's, it really, I don't know. I'm curious what you think, Aaron, because it didn't feel like it took anything away from me. It just kind of added suspense. And there were times where like we really wanted to like get an update, and Aaron was helping with that because it was like, I really didn't want to, I wanted to know what was going on. But there was also just that suspense of like, I've only got to see when they come by and listen to the crowd and how they react and try to like just, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. It was definitely unique in that way and there was more i'd say there's just like the kind of like you know just seeing celebrities right it's kind of like the, something that you 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 feel familiar with these people because you've seen them so much and then to see them in real life it's different and to see the speed of the cars was unbelievable
1: yeah i think uh it was it was pretty fantastic in terms of the fact that um like ash yeah, was saying like we've been to long beach grand prix um for racing, for Indy Weekend and whatnot, I think one thing that uh, Austin and Coda had over that, at least this time, is that, um, like I said, when you go to Long Beach Grand Prix, you feel like half the people, more than half the people, out there are just for the party and to kick it and and to you know just be by the water and get and get drunk. Whereas it seemed like a lot more people, whether they really knew what was going on or, or whatnot, were or, or, because obviously there's not the water and there's not yachts and boats out there, so people are you know paying attention to to the actual racing and whatnot. Um, and just around the, the city and the town, because, um, like, I flew into San Antonio and, and drove up, and the hotel was just outside of Austin. Um, but you know, just the, even the people like at the hotel, you know, like, or around the city, like, wearing like a Red Bull hat, people will ask, Oh, you're here, obviously you're here for the races or Oh, you know, that was a good blah, blah, blah. And, and, um, you know, you get a lot of that. And I think the whole thing about it all is like a, a real true, like, experience it wasn't just one day of you know like a race and it's it's sort of done it's it's like okay it was it was like obviously i i missed friday um but then uh, you know i got to be there on saturday for practice and qualifying and then of course for the race so it's like uh you know it's a continuous like oh you're sort of enamored with, with like racing and what's what's um even after the race and even flying home you know like people on my flight talk about the race and you know the event and oh yeah well, you know maybe next year we're we'll gonna Miami like we talked about it. Maybe next year we we'll go to Canada. Um hey maybe you know like we hear there's a rumor United States gonna get three races, Vegas, definitely wanna go Vegas, right? Uh, type thing. So I think the experience actually what is what I sort of took um out of it is like uh, you know, usually for the other races we we've gone to it's like we've been there for qualifying in the race, but then just, you know, like and usually it's like okay it's 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 not I don't want to say it's done but you know that's uh with well, the F one experience is like it just kept on going like there's so much information videos and stuff out there it's like even after it's done you're like oh I can watch the video I can watch a replay what did they put up on their Instagram feed you know what are they gonna do next blah 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 um, so it was, it was uh, I think the overall experience was just uh, more overwhelming and just just more um, fruitful than i thought it was going to be so i was actually surprised by that and and you were there friday too right ash yeah we got in thursday
2: thursday night so yeah i got in pretty late which uh, camped
0: at the track you have access to like you know most of the track on those first couple of days how is that different
2: so yeah i mean I think we, I, I'm not sure what they had going on Thursday. I don't know, but uh, yeah, we, I mean, full access to Friday practice, a so free practice. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was pretty, and then the the concerts were included on, I think on Friday, Friday night, but then Saturday night was like an upgrade, but you know, it's just like, they did a pretty good job. Like Aaron said, of just like creating a whole weekend of experiences, which is good. Cause it, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you, People and take a lot of, it takes a lot of energy and money, of course, to put it on, but just it takes a lot to get there and, and you want to make sure you're getting your money's worth. And I think that's one of the cool things that I hope that, you know, I, I really hope that more people get an experience to, you know, a chance to go to races. I hope it, that if they are going to go after these big numbers, that they find, you know, a way to make affordable tickets for people, because I think that, you know, I don't know. I think that's important because I think that right now it does, a lot of people get priced out of it. I mean, it was a huge investment for, for our family, you know, it's like, it's like a, you know, it was like, it's like a Disney world trip to go to a race basically. So it's big, big investment. And you like,
0: could you see the track from where you guys were like camped in the van parked in the van?
2: um i think no because we, we were like basically around turn seven is where the camping was and there's so i mean once like, everything filled in like technically like really close like you're, you're really like you know a couple hundred yards from the track itself but like yeah it's just not there weren't any vantage points where you could see from there i think there was some uh aaron didn't you say you had some friends that were over on the other side i'm not sure if you could see from there but it seems like almost on the premium camping on the like Was that like turn 13 or 14, something like that you could see?
1: Yeah, and they're a little higher up, too, in terms of vantage. But I I believe they also had grandstand seats. So um, I don't know how the actual view was from premium camping. But, I mean, now is my first time at Coda in general. And it it definitely, um, you know, being a a few different tracks, is like it's definitely walkable, but then it's obviously a long track. And it like there were some parts where like Ash ran into that they they, they close it off so you had to turn around. And I think that just in general, a lot of tracks can do better about accessibility for different people to get around back and forth. Not saying accessibility like have golf carts for everybody or anything, but just just more bridges or pedestrian passing and stuff like that, just to make it the, the fan experience better. Uh, but in terms of vantage points, I, I feel like there, I mean even just general myths ga seats um you know there's a lot of good vantage points can get all around it's just sort of where you know want to post up and and whatnot like obviously if you're trying to get into turn one then that's a you know be there before crack of dawn um, and line up and be ready to to run to the to the hill uh before but then you know around the rest of the track i feel like you know a few hours before race time or or whatnot you can probably get a good good vantage. um and whatnot so and the weather being relatively good, also I think helped. um I mean, it was definitely warm, but you know there was de- definitely days of overcast and clouds moving in, and some breeze. And then, uh, of course, we know there was a little bit of sprinkles at the end of qualifying. Uh, things like that definitely helped instead of just being blistering and sun the whole time.
0: Yeah, I mean, turn one specifically, there was. I mean, I woke up at like five thirty or six here in California and there was pictures from the line on social media just to get to turn one at that, you know, the race wasn't until what noon or something. It's like people are standing out there waiting for hours ahead of time. I actually made me think like when you were talking about being able to hear the grandstand or hear the, the crowd, one thing that I don't think I've really ever experienced at a race that's different from a lot of other sports is like the massive volume from the crowd, right? Because typically you're at a race where everybody's fairly spread out. Everybody wants their own, you know, space and privacy. And some people want to sit in the grandstands, but like generally you've got a lot of room around you. So you have a small amount of people cheering at a very like, you know, poignant time or whatever, but you're not going to have like loud roars from the crowd, the way you would at a basketball game or something like that. And I had never noticed it during a race before, but I definitely heard it for this race for turn one at the very beginning on the TV. It was like, especially lap one. It was like a wow for me. Yeah. Um, so where were you guys when the race started and could, did you hear that same? Like, I'm sure you're hearing the cars coming, but are you hearing the, the, the crowd at turn one as that whole, you know? Yeah
2: yeah, I mean, we, we posted up at basically on the, like coming into turn nine, we were looking back at eight and seven. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I think that was our, cause we, we met up with Aaron and I think we, you know, we had the whole family. So like, I think Aaron was cool with, you know, rolling with us understanding we had the kids to think about. And that was one of the big reasons why we didn't even, I mean, it would have been a bigger price jump for, uh, grandstand seats. And we can, cons- I considered doing that, but then I, I'm really glad we didn't in our particular situation. It also gave us like, because you want the flexibility. I mean, we've, we've gone to sports car races for, you know, a long time now. And I think that when you have, especially when you have a longer race, you want to see from different vantage points. So I think it's, for me, I have like this anxiety about getting locked into seeing from one spot, but realizing that it was only, you know, it's less than two hours of racing. We, we didn't go anywhere. Like once the race started, we kind of, we knew we were going to be there for the entirety of the race. Um, and we picked a spot that was actually pretty open. Um, but yeah, yeah, to your point, like we definitely could hear, I think that was what added to it was the suspense of that and not knowing it was going to come around that, that curves first. Um, and a little bit of the, the uh, gut check when uh, it was Hamilton that came around first, <laughs> but uh yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely, like Ash said, you could definitely hear it, and we heard the roar, and it's like, wow, that's amazing. And you know, like you see it on TV, right? Like, like when Max was in the uh, Dutch Grand Prix, and obviously, like in Silverstone, you hear the roars for the home crowd. Um, so it was, it was more surprising just because, you know, like being America, like you're like, oh, I was just sort of wondering, even going to the race weekend, like who people were going to be behind and cheering for, right? And, it, yeah. and it's interesting because, it, like, I'm definitely a Lewis fan. Like, I have been for a while, especially when he's a McLaren, right? Like, um, Honda McLaren, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know, but then I, I'm a big Red Bull fan also the past few years. I mean, have been for, for a long time, obviously, like Veto and all those years too. Um, so it's interesting to see, you know, who the crowd is really rooting for. And, and you know, it's definitely Max and, and Lewis and, and obviously the McLaren guys. And so, so it was, it was inter- just interesting to hear, like, say the the different uh, reactions from the crowd. And it's it's sort of cool because you know, he's, he's like, last or sorry, in two thousand nineteen, koda um, was known to have a lot of passing, and even though it's not really a passing track, so uh, deep down inside, I was hoping it's going to be a lot of passing because I was waiting to you know see and experience that to hear people get excited about you know obviously because obviously especially in Formula One, you're not trying to see crashes but you want to see good racing tight racing passes things like that and hearing the crowd reaction just enhances that experience which is you know pretty cool because we had like a couple i think there was one spin out um towards the end and then like i said where we were stationed we're right out of the s's before the eight turn eight so you can really see the, the cars working and showing their agility um in general so yeah is it was, it was really cool to, for that but like i said crowd- crowd reactions was definitely the best i think of any race I've been to in terms of that so the, and that's all I was saying I was really surprised um just how many people you know were paying attention and not just you know getting getting drunk and being there to be there type thing um a lot of people were were you know into the race and actually paying attention to what's going on type thing so
2: yeah. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thing too. I mean, I think that people, once you have to invest that kind of money and time and energy to get to some place like that, like it's a it's it's a it's a trek to get there. I mean, unless you live around Austin, people came from all over the world, I'm sure, and that's probably another difference between like say like a city circuit or you know, like the like Long Beach in particular is that, you know, we could we could find tickets for pretty cheap especially like when we were going to American law series, we could get those for even cheaper because it wasn't even the main event. We wanted to see the sports cars on Saturday. Everyone else is there for a party and you could, I'm sure they were all over LA for like 20 bucks a pop, you know? So it was just about getting yeah. as many people in there as possible. And so there really was no investment into what was going on. It's just like a, you know, it's just something to do. So I think that adds that to that kind of contrary to the, wanting it to be more accessible. Once you, uh, you, you get everybody invested in it, even financially, what, what it takes to get there. It's like, they're going to watch all of it. (laughs) It seemed like everybody was into it. I mean, nobody up, up until like, I mean, maybe in between like qualifying and stuff or, or free practice, but like race time, it seemed like every single person that was there was locked onto what was going on on the track, which is pretty cool.
0: It's interesting that you guys both kind of are are talking about the whole weekend experience, right? And that's something that I was going to I was going to ask about because thinking about like Long Beach that we we've, we've been talking about, like Long Beach is obviously one of my favorite events f- just because like I love, I mean I would love to live in Long Beach at some point. I just think that's a cool city. It's like kind of low key, but like I love the idea that any city will shut down the whole city for a race weekend anyway, but Long Beach has like you know, a celebrity race on Friday or Saturday and drifting. And, you know, like the D one Grand Prix was a part of that for so many years. And then you've got like, you know, I don't know, Rolex now or whatever Rolex sports, you know, it was American Le Mans for a while. And then it's like, you've got sports cars, then you've got Indy, like there's so many different like aspects of racing going on. And maybe that does distract from, you know, the, 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 diehard fans, I guess, because you don't have the consistency across the whole two or three, four days, but this race in Austin, there was no formula two, right? So there's really no like secondary entertainment in terms of racing in any way, shape or form, right? Other than, you know, Danny Ricardo out there doing donuts in a, in an old NASCAR.
2: Well, there, there was, there was formula four actually For, formula four, okay. Formula four. And then there was the, 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 um, what is it? it's the uh, W series, or the Wii, Wii series? Oh, yeah. 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 That was yeah. the last race of the year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so there, there was, but I mean, those were really, really short. Um, And yeah, I mean, it kind of, but those are the kind of things that it's kind of like the, you know, the opening act. So there, there were a couple of them, but it definitely wasn't like a full, full ticket, you know, like yeah. like, compared to some of the others. And, and I I don't know. Maybe some of that, I think a lot of that was logistics with getting European teams all the way out here. Um, I don't think that I, I'm not sure, but F2 is not going to Mexico either. Is it? I don't think so. Yeah. So I, I'm sure whether it's like logistics or finances or just pandemic, like, I think it was kind of limited in that way, probably for, and for good reason. Cause I mean, look at the turnout without that. Yeah. You know, so,
1: yeah, it definitely was, was, um, what I was going to say, it was, I think, uh, formula one, like that's sort of the thing too, that uh, surprised me. Like you mentioned, like we're wondering sort of beforehand, usually at other races, you're like, oh, okay, what, a, what, how do we fill in our time? Right. Uh, you know, 10 minute or half an hour after that race, what, what's the next series that's popping up? And with that being so limited, uh, and I think the focus just being on formula one. I think was a big part of it because, um, you know, I was joking to Ash uh, and his wife, like going in line to get merch, right? Like number one, you're, you're waiting in this long line to get merch and it takes forever because there's a family in the front getting hats for, for like their whole like neighborhood. Um, and, and everyone in the back is like, what's going on right now? But it was, it was sort of interesting. I was saying like just standing in line because you hear the conversations about the people around you. And you know, you could definitely tell the people that are, are new to the sport, who just got brought in to try to survive, who literally don't know what's going on, but are excited because they're like, "Oh, this is like the coolest thing I've been to." And like, "Oh, where? You know, like, where can they heard heard like a group of guys like, "Oh, where should we go next year?" And they're like, "Oh, where else do they race?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, I forgot. You just you know started watching." And they're talking about you know like going overseas to watch race, and I'm like, "That's freaking crazy, right? Like, just literally getting into the sport." and talk about like going to, uh, you know, a race, wherever, um, and not being as into it or invested in it. Like, like I think we are right. Like for, for years and decades, um, and whatnot, but I think that's, that's what makes it exciting when people are just, like I said, people are like invested in it in that way. And then just talking about merch, it's like, like, then you get a line for the merch and then and prices are like crazy, right? Like we're joking. Cause they're, like they're selling red bull Aston Martin gear. It's because they had it on the F1 site for forever for like 20% off. They're like, hey, this is about to be our biggest event. Let's just bring all this gear and we charge full price. And, you know, people aren't <laughs> going to be like, and I, we were saying, well, I felt sort of bad because people are just like, oh, let me grab that hat um, or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, that's like, you know, that was yeah, a yeah. Smart, that one. <laughs> yeah, but, not, but I want, don't want to be the buzzkill. Be like, well, that, they don't drive for, you know, that's not their sponsors or whatever anymore. Um, you know, but <laughs> But it's like, oh, there's the there's that part of me that's like, or all of us is like, oh, that's just corporate You're making their buck, right? Like, need to make their investment back. But it's also like the part of me that knows business is like, of course I'm going to take advantage of that, right? Like, why would you not? You're going to fill up fill up your uh your stock with something rather than nothing, um, and things like that. So, but but yeah, just being uh you know the excitement of it all and keeping people um excited about it, I think is. Is like I said with with that whole weekend, it just felt like everything was focused around Formula One. Like realistically, most most of people, even myself, didn't know like Formula Four. We were going to be there. Like when I on the Formula One app, it only shows Formula One. (laughs) Like it doesn't show any supplementary races. I didn't get a like email saying, "Oh, this is a schedule for whatever else is going on." Like for other events, it was just like here. Download the Coda app. download the Formula One app. Here's your schedule. And it's like okay, here's qualifying, here's free practice, you know, one through three, um, and that's yeah. all. That's all I was planning for. So,
2: was there uh like other,
0: you know, entertainment stuff like for for people that are you know like like you said taking the family? Is there other stuff there, you know, around the track that that can be entertaining? Because I think the the one thing that's interesting about racing. Is that you? The the prices that you pay for a ticket are for four days of entertainment, right? You, you know, essentially you're paying for much more than just the two hours that they're racing on the track, and then you're expected to kind of fill in those gaps, even if it's just Formula One, right? It seems like there's all the in between stuff where it's like, okay, I saw, uh, you know, the 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 Ferris wheel and you know, whatnot and all the all the the kind of just extra stuff that ends up filling in the time for people. So what what was that like for this race?
1: So that like you said, there's definitely the middle section, um, which a lot of racetrack has, right? Their middle section is sort of entertainment venue section or section where it has the Ferris wheel, have has rides, it has like where the the um different events or, you know, like the concerts are gonna be as well as like you know like the carnival type like food and things like that, and then um I know like towards you know like where start finish and whatnot um on the map there's you know like obviously like Hoss Hill and there's like different experience um venues and whatnot and I unfortunately didn't get a chance to see it at all, I think Ash and the family did on the first couple of days um so like it's not like um at least for for me. Like and it's not like where you go to look Seca and you see like all the Mazda Speed cars and you know like all the old heritage that stuff. Uh, maybe and maybe I just is stuff I missed. Um, but in terms of like that is more filling in time was more just like you know experiencing the track. At least for me was experiencing the track, seeing what's going on around and, and whatnot. Uh, you know because obviously it's a big track and you're not you know seeing all the different uh. The advantage points and views, yeah, yeah. The thing that was different, I think, for um,
2: obviously, um, compared to the sports car races, like we made it out to WEC there, you know, at coda the 2014 and 15. And I think that was like that was like us holding on to like that authentic sports car experience after you know after losing American Le Mans series. And I think that there's, there's more emphasis on that in between stuff because it's, a, it's like a multiple, you know, it's like a six hour race. So, you know, it went into the dark and like, there's a lot of racing going on. So like, you're obviously not gonna stay glued to the track for six hours. um But, you know, so there was like, I even remember that like, there was a better Ferris wheel for WEC, but probably just because that like, like Aaron said, they're, you're not really looking for that too much because everything's happening so fast. Um and there was yeah, like there was less need to fill in, but there was definitely stuff going on. Like we saw like the lucha libre um was going on like after like there's you know, there's music and stuff and um yeah, plenty of uh plenty of drinking and places to get drinks, bars, that kind of stuff. What what uh what was your favorite food from the weekend? <laughs>
1: uh I think uh well, it's funny, we didn't, me personally, I didn't eat a lot at the track um, because the lines are realistic, ridiculously long. Um, but ironically, like the pizza I saw was actually sort of crazy. Um, I saw people with barbecue and I was like, I probably want to get barbecue at the racetrack, especially when you're in Austin, right? Like that's, that's not what you probably want to be there for, um, to get some drinks, overpriced drinks, which were, were tasty and good. Definitely had some fair food, like fair fun, you know, like funnel cake and, and lemonade. It's just like, oh, okay, you, get, you gotta have that type of stuff. So, the
2: yeah, best best thing we had was on was on Friday for Addy's birthday. Like it was like the end of the day, and we're like, it was just super warm, so we had to get something refreshing. And there was a spot that had um uh for other like it was like fruit ninjas or something like that or i can't remember what it was but they like it was like a pineapple pineapple um it's like one of those things i can't remember what it's called but it was basically in a pineapple like chopped up pineapple in a pineapple like freeze smoothie type thing it was super nice. it was well worth well the okay. fifteen dollars each for yeah. those
1: uh, <laughs> off track though I, I do have to give my props to whataburger um first experience lived lived up to expectations nice. wow. um I mean, price wise, it's a little pricey, but in terms of value and uh, quality, uh, definitely, uh, definitely up there with the you know better fast food chains.
0: Did you Ash? Did you get Whataburger? No, no, no. Yeah, it's 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 uh, a. I I feel like that's a always a debate. I I, you know I like Whataburger.
2: I I like it. I've had yeah. I I think. Oh yeah, you yeah, have remember it. Yeah. I remember enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, we didn't. We were on a we were I gotta admit, we were on a barbecue quest, man. We we like we actually did go on Thursday before we got to the track. We got to we went to um Switch, which is out in um uh what is it, uh uh Dripping Springs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we went there. But they were out like this so this was like the prelude to everything because they were out of everything like we got there like an hour before closing like we're definitely we're from california so we don't understand that everything runs out like barbecue places go until they run out of food and they were super cool they even like all they had was ribs and then even after we finished eating like they like gave us a little bit extra ribs just to say like hope you enjoyed it Here's some extra because they were out of everything else but, That's uh cool, yeah on saturday night we tried making a run and aaron was helping us trying to see if we could track down a place showed up at one place and they're like locked up, sold out, nothing. And you can imagine everybody from all over the world is there is looking for barbecue and yep. no luck. there.
1: So. Yeah, it's definitely one of the yeah. tough situations about being at a racetrack cause getting in and out, you know, was, was definitely a challenge. Like, you know, the, the traffic was no joke and even before showing up, um, you know, like me staying outside, uh, the track, like. Getting a parking pass or, you know, doing a shuttle was like a big controversy because like parking passes were super expensive and reselling for, you know, like more than Jordan ones and things like that. So, so like getting in and out of the track was tough and, you know, like we we knew that realistically barbecue, you had to try to get it early and, you know, there's obviously a lot of good places in Austin that should be there at 6am, but it was tough to try to do that and then try to go to races afterwards. So unfortunately, um, for me, my barbecue needs were not, were not met, but that's enough, obviously a reason to go back to Texas, uh, to fulfill, yeah. <laughs> feel that.
0: So did you, would, okay. So would you, Aaron, would you fly and travel into the track the way you did this time? And Ash, would you just camp at the track again? Like, what? how do you guys feel about the whole experience in that regard?
1: So I think we sort of hacked the system which which sort of helped um, with Ash camping there. They got two parking passes and uh, I was able to use the second parking pass to drive in and then park there. The nice thing is um, like after the race for that one night, like we all piled in my, my vehicle and they obviously left uh, the van there and were able to go out and whatnot. Um, like it honestly, like I think most people know me. Me and humidity don't don't work work out. Like me sweating is not anything I enjoy. So when it's me sweating because <laughs> of humidity, like it's not like I, I as much as you know I enjoy the camp experience, especially being around friends. Like not being able to like have you know AC or the shower, uh, especially after the so so if I you know next time I probably try to find a place closer. Um, and whatnot, and, and you know, I'd I imagine uh, the next race is to, to be more, you know, COVID, and a lot of you know stuff was still restricting, you know, a lot of of things, right? Like so many of our group, um, you know, it was like, eh, maybe not this year, maybe maybe the following year or whatever, right? So if there's, you know, if, if we have more people, you know, the the experience of even splitting it, like I think would be more enjoyable. Um, because yeah, the took a sec obviously there's just like driving in and out. But then if there's like if the car is full or you know there's more of you guys if you came along or whatnot, then it, you know it would have made it easier. And uh I mean I, I do to give Texas props for the freeways. Like the what's the the road next to the freeways? What's that called?
2: Yeah, 100. like those are
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, when they're when they're open, uh, <laughs> and there's not construction being done, but you know took me a while to get like, not a while, but, uh, you know, and at first it was a little confusing, uh, especially like the U-turns in the middle of the street, but you know, I do enjoy those frontage roads, especially when you find out there's like construction, you could just get off and pass by all of it. Um, using those, those life hacks. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It. I would, um,
2: I mean, I would definitely recommend camping. I, I we were really happy with camping. I mean the, the temperature definitely pushed our pushed us out of our comfort zone a little bit. You know, like that's tough, but we you know, we like making that long drive, we were able I'm we were pleasantly surprised with how we were able to manage the three three kiddos and you know, from one to eight years old and keep them all from killing each other and us in two and a half days making it halfway across the country but we did it and it was it was well worth it it was a great challenging experience and um but very fulfilling i mean it just was like a lot of fun to be there it was like you know we we've spent so much time like living in the sake is home and camping there as home and so it's a totally different feeling from that when you're just in a sea of rvs and you know other bands and that kind of stuff so it was different, but I, I think for us, like, especially with like a, you know, big family, it's like, it's so awesome just to be right there, like just to show up and be at the track and not, and it is great to have, have a good friend is not at the track so that when you forgot stuff, he can uh, grab it for <laughs> you. And it was awesome. So there's a, there was kind of, we got to, we really helped each other hack because he got that parking spot, but like we couldn't pack up and go anywhere. So really, like we both got the advantages of like having flexibility of being planted and going in and out. So it was pretty cool. I think, um, yeah, it'd be fun. Definitely would recommend. This is probably what spurred or reinforced our desire to go to Montreal instead is that we want cooler temperatures. So yeah. we're hoping <laughs> if we can't, we'll be in cooler temperatures. <laughs> But I don't know. It's June, June in Montreal could still be pretty warm. I'm have to look into that. And I Austin was actually warmer than it was supposed to be. It's kind of not. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be like it probably should have been like average seventies, which would have been perfect. But yeah, it was, it was like eighty four, eighty five, right? Race yeah. Day? Yeah. Yeah, it was mid to high eighties and all that humidity. Yeah, still got a sunburn. of times until the wind got when, once the cloud cloud cover and a little bit of a breeze, it was nice. Yeah. But yeah, it was a little sweltering.
0: Yeah. So it, I, it's cool to hear that you guys were able to kind of hack the system in that way. Cause I, I think like, you know, that's something we've talked about trying to do the van stuff for a while, where it's like, you know, can, can we have, you know, once you park, you don't really want to, you know, you, you don't want to go driving someplace because it means either leaving stuff out at the campsite or, loading it all back up and unloading it again. So always nice to have that support vehicle in a sense. Yeah.
1: Heeb's um, was definitely the visit every morning for like three days in a row. Um, and I'll shout out to Heaps and San Antonio Spurs fans um, all know. And I love those commercials. But yeah, they they got plenty of my money from my visits every day. But yeah, I mean, definitely it was like I said, it helped us both because just getting ice every single day, right? And refilling that ice chest. Because they last because of the heat and humidity, um, stuff like that. And you know, other various, you know, 12-pack Red Bull, <laughs> you know, like beers and <laughs> stuff like that, right? Like, getting you know, refills if we had to. It was, it was definitely... Yeah. But like I said, yeah, I think... Um, and the craziest thing is because, like, before the, the races, you know, like, I looked up all the rules. What can you bring in? You know, it's supposed to be clear bags. You know, like um, water bottles have to be clear, can't be open, stuff like that. But like when we got there, they pretty much, especially on race day, it's pretty much a free for all because I think they just were overwhelmed by the amount of people and um, you know, not enough steps. And because that's sort of the thing that everyone's talking about, like let's talk about parking. They're saying you know it's hard to get in and out just on NASCAR or or MotoGP. So Formula One's going to be even crazier. And then, you know, hear stories about, hey, some of the lot workers in the parking lot just up and quit because they're they just so overwhelmed. Um, so, you know, like if they're more stricter about the stuff you could bring in, it, it probably would have been tougher for a lot of people. But, um, you know, at some point it seemed like they just gave up and let people come in with, you know, like all chairs and backpacks full of stuff that usually you want to be able to get in with, um, and things like that. So. But yeah, like in terms of uh you know, when and if the next time, like I think if we're able to do the same thing, like I so said, the only difference I would probably get a hotel a little bit closer, because it's a, because like you know, although distance wise is not that far, like it, it it does get the traffic is was crazier. Even I thought it was gonna be crazy, it was crazier, Uh just because of the the roads and you know, like you don't expect them to close down a bunch of roads and make it in one way and. You know, like make forcing you a certain way, especially when you're in an area that you know you're not familiar with, like in just relying on Google or apple uh maps to to get you around and like the tolls and things like that yeah. um, but but I mean, I think it worked out, like I said, uh, there's definitely some mornings, or like especially the first morning, even though it's two hours, and the excitement was there, still you know tired of the travel getting in in and out because of uh like my flights and
2: stuff were delayed. So Yes, I'm, I'm bummed that I missed it. I definitely
0: want to make next year, wherever, wherever you guys head next year, I want to, I want to, I want to go, I mean, Montreal sounds amazing. I've been wanting to go there for a long, long time anyway. So, um, so last question, you guys, you guys got to they open up the track after, right? So you guys got to walk around the track. Did you walk the whole track or did you, uh, you have any f- like favorite spots on the track as you walk the track or anything, you know, cause I know that experience has got to be kind of crazy because there's probably a lot of, a lot of rubber on the track afterwards.
2: It was awesome. I'm still so, I was wondering if you guys knew or heard anything. Cause I didn't look into it, whether it was like planned or not or whether it was I mean, because it was obviously like open. Um, We had to like find a shortcut like through a a fence where like a bunch of people were going through but there was like already like what there were hundreds of people on the track. So we kind of assumed it was planned. Um, I just wasn't aware of it. I don't know if it's like an unofficial thing or what I'm kind of I'm really curious to know what what it
1: was exactly. Yeah, definitely not sure if the track walk afterwards was like a paid thing or just something that they like we weren't aware of um but like we found our way into the track and probably not through the right um entryway (laughs) essentially somebody like ripped up the fencing and just was like hold you know like somebody ripped up a bunch of fencing and and then like people were just going underneath so we're like well everyone's doing it and it's going we had the we had the we had the the double wide
2: stroller which was like that was the big thing because there was actually there was a line we were going to wait to get across and I, I'm still not sure exactly, but like, there was a huge line, like, I mean, like a couple thousand deep. That was least. also
1: going to the concert, like Shaq's concert. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Trying to get across the track to get, yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah. the access point was on the other side of the track. So there was a couple access points, but like we ended up getting off across the track on the other side and then we were able to get back on even later. We were able to get back on and walk more. There were still people walking hmm. like, like two and a half hours after the race, because they were just out repainting and covering up sponsors and that kind of stuff, tearing down banners. So they're pretty much just working. And I I don't know if it was it seemed like that was an reoccurring theme for the weekend with like them just kind of being overwhelmed with how many people because the same thing happened when we showed up for camping, like everybody showed up that same day, and they couldn't tell people where to go. So everybody just filled in and just took spots. Huh. There was no way to, um, to like they didn't have the manpower, so yeah, I'm, I think it was probably the same thing for being on the track. I don't know, like, it just kind of like whether they had planned it or not, they just kind of let it keep going because everybody's working They're like, they don't have time to like chew people off or, or give them, you know. Well, uh, that's a interesting, time limit or whatever, because previous races at
0: Koda, at you didn't go onto the track for the celebration right you just stayed in the grandstand to watch but obviously for this it seemed like i mean at least from a you know from watching on tv it seemed like it was totally intentional to let everybody on to the to essentially where the grid is at the start line to watch the you know the celebration afterwards in a sense
1: yeah definitely i think i think the you know intention was to have people but i think it just got like i said i think got overwhelming and i think they sort of gave up because you know it it did sort of suck because you would you know we walked a good amount of the track like especially we went almost to start finish but up there you know they're doing a lot of work so we went up to turn one um and whatnot right and see the elevation and the, the angle like especially the camera angle um you know the video view that most people saw from so that was pretty cool uh, but you know then uh, when you let them if you want track and sort of like there's nobody like um monitoring what's going on you know then people leave trash and you know beer cans and you so you get sort of upset because you're like oh well the next time you know that's not going to be allowed or you know like they're not they're going to be more strict about it or it's going to be a paid you know uh 50 experience fee um to do it and stuff because yeah. it was just open right like we got on People, everyone, you know, even us and the kids were picking up rubber, uh, taking as many pictures you want, you know, like, like I said afterwards, I mean, you see some of the, the, the crew members riding their bikes just to get exercise and other people, just regular people, just like, you know, like running around the track, like getting their exercise in. So it was sort of funny and, and interesting at the same time and a really cool experience. And this is after, you know, leaving is sort of what I reflected on. I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that would ever happen again. Just because of you know, like literally, like the fences were ripped up, people are getting in from different parts that weren't supposed to be. So uh, you know, yeah. we'll we'll see. <laughs> but it, yeah, that was that was, yeah, was super was cool experience awesome so. though. it be was... in the course, of course. Yeah,
0: Aaron, uh, I'm gonna ask you first. So, how do you compare that turn one to like the corkscrew or like the backside of Laguna Seca? Because it, it's way higher in person than it is on tv yeah. right
1: and de- it definitely is like um like I when i was looking at down at it i'm just like man okay like obviously this is formula one and and we knew like the mercedes is going to have more power than the red bull and you know that's how lewis really got to turn one um or in lap one and i was just thinking like wow like if you're in a regular vehicle right like honda civic or whatever it's just normal sports car i'm like that's that's probably a, a good like if you had a you know four banger versus a V six or a eight cylinder or whatnot, like you definitely would get. That's not the that's not the line or the place you want to be. But it's a. Uh, I mean, the course crew is just a course crew. Like, there's no, there's no beating that, right? Like, like it's just, yeah. especially when you get to experience it and, and that that elevation and, and just the the feeling of it. Because the course crew is, is different. Because turn one, you're going uphill, and then going down. You know what I mean? But the course crew is, is just like. Yeah, it's the course crew. I think everyone, especially for America, not even just American racing. I think around the world is just iconic from you know Gran Turismo's and Forza's and things like that. Like, like as cool as as turn one yeah. is at Coda, like I don't think um anything could beat that. So, personal.
0: Ash, you you you've ridden your bike at Laguna Seca, right? They don't. They, do they ever do like reverse
2: on the bike? We did that once. We did that once. Yeah, it was brutal. This is yeah. like vertical on the back, like the way up. I actually tried going up on the ten speed with I think it was with Avery on the back when he was little and I I had to get out. It was like where he was gonna fall over. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was crazy.
0: So I guess uh do you guys do you guys wanna say uh your socials or whatever so people can follow you?
1: Twitter, Instagram, Aaron A I R O one zero eight two eight, although I'm I actually didn't post anything of a Formula One up there, but you see my uh, hot takes about the Sacramento Kings on Twitter. Um, and every now and then, some sneaker and, and food pictures on Instagram.
2: How about you, Ash?
1: Yeah, you you can find me on
2: Instagram at uh, Ash Lewin Design.
0: Cool. If you made it this far on the podcast, you just need to uh, realize that the die hard formula 1 fans like ash here take their one year old to celebrate their birthday at the formula 1 race so just uh step your game up i guess <laughs>
2: <laughs> we had to we had to keep the tra- tradition going cuz that was avery's uh uh month and a half was a trip across the world america america yep. for uh, United for united sports car and then um with arlen he was still in the womb when we he went to his first race at Laguna Seca <laughs> so we had to we had to keep it going yep. it seemed like it was perfect timing yeah it was awesome
0: i uh i'm i'm bummed that i missed it but i'm definitely excited that you guys got to go and glad that i got to talk to you guys about it cuz i feel like i i feel like i a little bit of my soul is is healed from from missing out and chatting with you guys so thanks for spending the time with me thanks everybody for listening